Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Welcome to this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and our good friends at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online get to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures, like betting the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 190 to win the AFC North. Like those odds. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get the bonus to get in action. Bet online where the game starts. Well, as you guys can see, if you are tuning in live, Tim Daniel here with Nicholas Kirby and Carlos Guevara. And um, this is a little bit of a peace treaty uh, to bring our guests on this week after. Uh, some battles through the interwebs and some podcast disputes. Uh, kind of like a little Tupac Biggie battle, I guess you could say, between our shows. But Chad Dotson is here. We have buried the hatchet. We have hugged it out. And he's decided to come hang out with us again. So I, I did. Although, oh, Tim, I heard a rumor that I was allowed to sleep through this episode. With this late night episode, I thought I like, <laughs> go to sleep and, uh, and not make it. But uh, no, happy to be here. Love you guys. Thanks for having me on again. My wife was like, what time are you recording? And I told her, she goes, do you need coffee? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. So Chad decided to come hang out with us tonight after a brutal 8-3 to three loss to the Cubbies where Justin Steele looked like the left-handed Greg Maddox uh, of, the, of Cubs lore tonight uh, for a while there. Uh, Hunter Green does only get through the fourth inning, uh, getting, five, getting five strikeouts, uh, three runs on just two hits. Nick Senzel. Got to be red of the week, right? Six game hit streak, you know, 550 average in that time frame. Consistently putting good at bats together. Finally, I can buy back my Senzel stock that I sold last week. Um, but Chad, uh, bringing you into the conversation here. So obviously, 26 and 48, there's no good way to spin it. Uh, this is pretty brutal of a stretch, obviously, to add to an already very frustrating season. But um, you tweeted right before that you're going to have some opinions on the Reds bullpen on late Reds tonight. So I'm going to give you the floor to get share set opinions on the Reds bullpen here on late Reds tonight. Well, I hate to step out onto a, you know, onto a limb here, but the Reds bullpen is bad. <laughs> they are really, really bad. I mean, just look at a, look at a, a stat just ERA. Now, ERA is not the best way to judge a bullpen necessarily, or certainly not the best way to judge individual relievers. But the Reds only had the fourth worst bullpen last year by ERA. Uh, and last year was a year where if it weren't for that ridiculously horrible bullpen, the Reds really made may have made the playoffs. <laughs> it's hard to believe that was you know less than a year ago. This year, the Reds, by far, the worst bullpen in baseball. And uh, listen, I know when I come on here, I, I need to try to be remain optimistic, be positive. But my goodness, Nick Crawl, uh, I'm I'm not going to say you're awful at your job, but man, you made the bullpen worse. How is that possible? How is it possible that in less than 12 months, the Reds ha had a bullpen that kept them from making the the uh, the playoffs 
And now they're even worse. My goodness. I mean, I love Jeffrey Hoffman. Carlos and I love Jeffrey Hoffman. But uh, the rest of that bullpen, I just I, I can't believe they're actually worse this year. And if I had much hair left, I would have pulled it out. So that's, that's my hot take. The Reds bullpen is bad. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> hey, anytime, man. <laughs> yeah. So I remember early in the year, when like the bullpen had a couple decent weeks after the three and 22 stretch and Nick and I were on here, like, you know, this could be a strength. I mean, somewhat of a strength of the team, right? Cause you know, Alexis Diaz and all these guys are like, this is going to be fun. And then Carlos used the exact words of wait till they're pitching in close games and uh, got to give the devil. It's due Carlos. You were 1000% correct on that one. Duh. Wait, I'm the devil. <laughs> What's going on here? No, yeah, man, it's just these guys, it's just one after another. They just keep throwing the same guy out there. It seems like just a different name on the back, and you know, they get a leadoff walk to start the inning, or they get a leadoff double to start the inning, and it's it's bad. It's like nobody wants to go out there to throw right now. It's like these guys aren't even you know, you don't see much um you know, emotion from these guys, which is kind of weird being that they're all like kind of fighting for their jobs. Um, you don't see any guys, you know, kicking dirt around or dropping F palms or anything like that. Like it's, it's a weird bunch out there that they keep running out. I, I, I can't tell you, you know, which guy sticks out more than the other because they're, like I said, they're all, they seem all the same. They're all the same guy. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I'd add is I don't think any of these guys are going to be around very long. So if that's uh, you know, what you're looking towards and, and the Reds building a good team here at some point in the future, none of these guys that are in the current bullpen are going to be pitching for the Reds in 2024. Most of them probably not even next year. Outside of maybe Art Warren, see probably <laughs> probably about it. Yeah, but that's the one area where you don't have to pay a lot of money. And I know it's hard. I, you know, you don't know one year to the next whether relievers are going to be good. That's a, it's a again, it's a it's a tough what place to kind of predict i guess but man how do you get even worse they've had like 70 relievers in the last two years and like two of them have been good how do you even do that that's like kind of impressive actually i, I gotta tip my cap to nick crawl it's uh it's really hard to put back-to-back bullpens together as bad as this and I, maybe it's bad luck i don't know but man it's just it's been ugly and i don't know nixon sells great i'll say that how about that to try to divert you all he's He's great. Instead of spending that ten million on Mike Miner, they should have uh, spent ten million dollars worth of bullpen. Well, I mean, yeah, would, would they be better now if they had? That's an interesting question. Yeah, they definitely would be. Would yeah. it be much in the grand That's, scheme of things for this season? Maybe, maybe you find a reliever or two that you want to keep for next year. Yeah, maybe you could flip someone too. That could always be a possibility. No. Chad, I'm curious about this. This has kind of been a little bit of a debate. Kind of curious your thoughts on it. Do you think the bullpen should be still the, you know, towards the the bottom of your list of priorities? If if you're, because I my my fear right now is is going to be this overreaction to a couple bad bullpens, and the Reds are going to go out in 2024 whenever they're you know wanting to really compete and go blow a bunch of money on the on a bullpen. And we've seen that happen before, and it completely backfired. I remember the Rockies spent like 60 million on a bullpen. And all three relievers, you know, because relievers are, are are volatile, and they all just crap the bed. That's kind of my fear: is that 
you know, you overcompensate for a bad bull. But do you kind of, what's your thoughts on that? No, I think that's, I think it's a really good uh, way to frame the question, actually. No, it's, it's the bottom of my list of things. To, I mean, you, you got to fix, you got to have a, a starting rotation, you got to have an, a, a lineup. A bullpen, you maybe sometimes you can even fix it on the fly. Uh, my problem is just that <laughs> this is an entirely different group from last year, and the current leadership in Cincinnati completely turned it over, and still they're they're garbage. And so I don't know that I trust well, everything. Every problem I have with Cincinnati comes down to I don't trust ownership front office to to fix this thing. But no, I mean you're right. If 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 you if you're talking about what's what do we have to do to get this team from a where they are now, which is not in a great place, to where they need to be in say 2024, potentially a competitive team if you if you make the right moves. Now the bullpen's not my priority. It's not. But the fact of the matter is, in this day and age, a bullpen is actually more important to a team than it's ever been in the history of baseball. Pitchers are starting. Pitchers are throwing fewer innings than ever before. You have to have a bullpen, so it's it's more important than before. But no, it's not my number one priority. I don't think. And so, you know, but it's it it's more important than it used to be. And this current, you know, uh, current management has not shown much of a uh, an ability to to fix it. And I don't I don't know if they will. Yeah, we had Mo on a couple weeks ago, and we kind of asked him a pretty similar question. And, you know, Mo's very quick witted with things, which is very appreciative because, you know, he just the thing he said that if he was David Bell, every time that he went to, like, take the ball from the pitcher on the mound, he would just look up at the boxes and just go, what 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 do you want me to do here? And it made me laugh. Um, But in the weeks since then, it's become more true, unfortunately. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, it's obviously difficult. It's obviously frustrating. Um. But let's kind of talk about some of the few good things we have here. Um, and I really want to get into Luis Castillo yesterday. Uh, really just kind of saw him look like Luis Castillo of old. Six innings, 11 strikeouts, no earned runs, uh, only had three walks. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of conversation around the fact that he threw, you know, 123 pitches, which as our good friend Joel Lockup pointed out, is the most since Johnny Cueto threw the same amount in May of 2015. And so... You know, obviously, we know what Luis is. He's a really, really good pitcher. Um, but there's a lot of conversation around, you know, his future in Cincinnati, whether as they try to move to this 2024 uh, situation, is he there? Do they try to take people and move past him and kind of try to flip them for what they can? I know the Yankees recently checked on him, I think, for like the fifth time. The Mets have checked in on him. Um, I'm sure the Dodgers have probably expressed interest as well. So, Chad, uh, when you kind of look at this, you know, first I want to get your thoughts on Luis Castillo's performance from last year's game. And in your opinion, in your heart of hearts, is this a guy, do you feel the Reds should trade him? Or do you feel that they try to move, as we've said, this target date of 2024? Do you feel like they should try to keep him there and kind of be kind of the ace as they move forward to try to be a competitive ball club again? Well, there are a couple ways you could answer that. I mean, you know, if if I felt like the Reds had a legitimate plan to be competitive in 2024, you can make an argument both ways. But look, I, the way I look at it is Luis Castillo, you know, Joe Lookup's uh, tweet there, most pitches since Johnny Cueto. Well, Luis Castillo is the best pitcher the Reds have had since Johnny Cueto. I mean, Luis Castillo is legit. I, lo- I love this guy. He's one of my favorite Reds of all time. And it's not like he's 34 years old you can make an argument that, you know what, let's keep Castillo and Molly around 
Tyler Malley around and you've got this group of young pitchers that are coming along that if, if you want to get excited about something with the Reds, there, there's where you get excited, this group of young pitchers. And you have a rotation that's as good as any in baseball in a couple of years. Um, if I thought the Red, if again, if I trusted management to get a good return and to have it some kind of a legitimate plan, you can make a you can absolutely make an argument to trade him now, get a haul, and I couldn't argue with that. But I don't know. I'm, you know, uh, my buddy uh, Chris Garber, who uh, you know we wrote the book with, and he uh, he calls me a gooey field of dreams fan because I get attached to these players too much, and I I don't want to see Luis Castillo somewhere else. I want to see him in a Reds uniform forever, and this is why I should not be the general manager of the Reds because I get too attached. It's probably, frankly, Bob Castellini's problem in some ways, a part of his problem, but. I think you make an argument both ways, but I would love to see the Reds decide they're going to go all in. They're going to figure out a way to improve the uh, the offense and the bullpen and really, really, really invest in this uh, rotation. Because I do think it, with just the people they have in the organization now, by 2024, this could be the best rotation in baseball. I, I genuinely believe that. So I'm kind of two different minds, but I, I love Luis Castillo unconditionally, and I want him to stay a red forever and ever and ever. Does that answer your question? I feel the exact same way. So <laughs> does it answer your question? To answer my question, I don't know, but I would totally agree. Uh, Carlos will bring you in here, um, obviously, as a guy who has been around, you know, has been a good pitcher, has been in the majors, has been around, like, big-time pitching in your time in San Diego. You know, you've talked about being around Greg Maddox and stuff like that. Having just kind of that guy – you can take the ball every fifth day i know it's so cliche to say but you know in this situation where you know these the reds are developing these young pitchers the greens the lodolos the ashcrafts the overtons having him here to kind of have that stability i know goes such a long way um and we've talked throughout the season about the idea of is it going to be mally is it going to be castillo um do you fear at this case with how mally's pitched of late what castillo's been able to do uh, Carlos, do you feel this could be a potential of uh, what if it's both? Um, as, as far as what if it's both of keeping them both or getting rid of both? Getting rid of them, sorry. Um, I, I really hope not. Like Just like I talked about last week, I, I think they need to have one of these guys around. Um, probably makes more sense to have Mally be the one who sticks around. Um, a little bit younger and probably won't, and he definitely won't be as expensive. Um but just to have that leadership around around these guys on a, on a daily basis, they don't even have to be, you know, too vocal about it. Just seeing how they go about their business every day, you know, and then, you know, that stuff is contagious. Um, and you, you see it from, you know, from like college ball all the way up through the through the minor league balls. You, uh, you, you know, guys that, you know, are serious and put in the time and you know which guys that you need to you know, kind of admire and, and look at and make sure you keep an eye on what they're doing. And it definitely the same thing goes in the big leagues because these guys are in foreign territory. You know, they're super young. Um, this is all fresh for them. This is all testing, testing of waters. You know, they're just, you know, can I lift this certain amount of time before, you know, my start? Can I do this? They're all try just trying to figure out their routines. And so to be able to have one of these guys um, around there, I think is super important um, because, you know, you can bring in someone like Mike Miner, but I mean, who's, who's Mike Miner, you know, just cause he's been around in the league for a while. He's not one of these guys. He's not special like that. And he's not, he's not from, 
you know, the organization. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. Um, you know, I know to say you might have been disappointed with what we've seen from Mike Miner so far is an understatement. Um, I do see Nick's side of it that he's been kind of saying of late of, you know, doesn't necessarily matter because he's not going to be here in, you know, X, X number of years. Um, but I almost wonder, you know, in this case where if it is Mally and it is, you know, Luis, Nick kind of also made the point too that like, you know, they're going to need someone to throw innings. And I almost don't care at that point. And I don't know if that's terrible of me or if I'm just way off base, but, you know, we kind of feel we've talked about like Green and Lodolo will likely be shut down at some point for the rest of the year, probably in, you know, September or so. Um, and that's where Mike Miner comes in. But, you know, at this point, if you're, you know, 15 games out before the trade deadline and say you do move both these guys, like, does it hurt to just kind of let those guys pitch the rest of the year and get their runnings in? And yeah, they're probably going to take their lumps, but, you know, learn the big leagues and every, every way possible and see the good with the bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like, I'm, I'm the positive guy. I don't really think much of what matters the rest of the year wins losses wise means a thing. I mean, honestly, right. it's, it's better if the Reds lose more games at this point. I mean, you know, to get a higher draft pick, I mean, you know, it worked out pretty well to get like Jonathan India. Right. I mean, like what would winning 10 more games and I don't even know what year that was. 2017, 18, would that have helped the Reds? Like, no. So I, I don't, I don't know if I really worry about that much at this point. Um, I think the Reds have to trade Luis Castillo. I, I just, I don't, I don't see any way. I feel the same way. I don't see any way around that. I mean, he'll be 31 his first year of free agency. You're looking at like 20% of your, your team's payroll into him. I think even if the Reds increase the payroll to like where the Cardinals are, I still don't know if I would you know, spend that much money on a pitcher. Just, it's just, it's so much risk involved. And if it flops, I mean, you're looking at probably another rebuild. So, you know, I I don't know. I just, I, I, Tyler Malley, I mean, I'd be shopping him. I'd be seeing what's out there. Um, If someone's going to give you a great haul for him, then sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I've just shifted my thinking on a lot of this. I view Luis Castillo as a great success story with the Reds. They got yeah. him for, they got him for Dan Straley. They got five, almost five incredible years out of him. He was an all-star. He did pitch in a playoff game, whether anyone wants to admit it was a playoff game or not. Um, I wish they would have, you know, gone farther with him, but they didn't quit while you're ahead and get some really, really, really great prospects back. And hopefully they can, you know, start the next cycle. So I don't know. I don't, I guess I'm, I'm weird in that regard that I can kind of view it that way. But I don't know. I view it as a positive. I say, thank you, Luis. Put him in the Reds Hall of Fame one day and get some prospects for him. But, you know, you're saying to bring these guys in and get and these prospects, but you're basing it on, on the assumption that all of these prospects that the Reds currently have are going to work out. No, I'm basing, it that, I'm basing it that they won't work out. I think you, prospects are a crapshoot, so you need to get as many of them as you can. You know the Reds have a lot of really good young pitching prospects. But right to be now. good, to be good in two or three years, these guys have to work out now. Well, a lot of the not, guys, not that, the way, not the ones that are, you know, in Dayton right now or haven't even been drafted yet. They want. They're saying they want to win in two years. Well, I know a lot of the the return rumors with like the Yankees have been guys that are closer to the big league level. Uh, they aren't. They aren't the guys that are, you know, drafted in twenty twenty one. They aren't the Chase Petty types that, that the Reds got for Sonny Gray. 
So, I mean, I mean, Luis Castillo, the Reds got him, and he pitched what, like, was it that same year? You know, he was an instant. Yeah, I think he was the All-Star I mean, game that year, didn't he? No, it wasn't that year, but he, like, pitched right away. And, and it took him a little bit to get going, but, I mean, he was pretty much an instant factor. I mean, and everyone's not going to be Luis Castillo, and you're definitely not going to hit on trading your Dan Straley for Luis Castillo every time. Um, but, I mean, you know, he was a pretty instant success for the Reds. And so, I don't know. I think you got to quit while you're ahead. I just, I love Luis, but I just, I, I don't see any, in any way it makes sense to keep him. You know, I'll say I, I don't really disagree with anything Nick's saying. I mean, he's he's the biggest asset the Reds have. And if they're, you know, shooting to, to win a couple years down the road or more, it makes sense to, to flip him for something that can help them on the next good Reds team. But I also am this guy that, and I'm, I, you know, I've changed my mind on this over the years, which is Luis Castillo is a legit, uh, you know, uh, great even major league pitcher. And the Reds traded Johnny Cueto, who's a great major league pitcher, for garbage. Now, part of that's because Bob Castellini required them to get guys that were closer to the major leagues, and they didn't, maybe they didn't get the best return they could have gotten for him. But I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, is is what they say. And we have Luis Castillo, and maybe we could extend him. I don't know, but I, I I've gotten less. And maybe it's because uh, at my advanced age, I'm just ready to see a team. <laughs> that wins and um you know rather than taking a lot of you know lottery tickets and i don't you just it's it's a lottery ticket some of these guys in, in, in the minor leagues and the reds hit big on luis castillo they hit big on some other guys you know but luis castillo's good pay him the money that's the way I, that's the way i feel let's keep him around we know he's good pay him pay, pay the him man his money pay the man his money there we go rounders I think we should probably acknowledge that it's a risk either way. It's a risk if you sign him. There's a risk that he gets hurt or he, you know, doesn't age well. And it's a risk if you trade him that you get Cody Reed back. <laughs> I mean, you know, like John Lamb, the legend. I mean, it, it's a risk either way. So I, I don't. It is. I think it I think is, everyone, yeah. everyone's so set on their side, but we probably should acknowledge like either way they go is a risk. It's just which risk do you want to take? That's why it's a good discussion because really there's no correct answer here. You know, yeah. it's, it's where, yeah. it's where it's, you know, how much risk are you willing to, uh, to, to engage in? And I don't know. I just, I have a guy like Luis Castillo who, it, you know, is just, he's, he's a good pitcher. It's <laughs> and I like, like having just, good pitchers. And we should right. keep good pitchers. It probably wouldn't be that difficult of a discussion if we knew exactly what the plans were. You know, they're saying, okay, yeah, 20, 23, 24, but are we supposed to trust them? Like, because if we did trust them, that would make this conversation a lot easier. But but why wouldn't you trust them? Because I've been a fan for almost 20 years. Since you put the uni on? I think it's fine not to trust them, and, like, I totally understand that whole aspect of it. I mean, like, I've been a fan of this team. I've never se- – I've seen less success than you have, Chad. Um, but at the same time – the Reds can't like just say, "Oh, but we've sucked for so long. We've got to just, you know, try to spend spend our way out of it." Because that clearly doesn't work, you know, unless you're the Dodgers, and the Reds are never going to be the Dodgers. So, I mean, it's hard, but they do they do have to have some patience here, or they're going to be even in a bigger hole than they are right now, right? But they were so close. They were so yeah. close. 
Yeah. Did, did you all notice how Nick called me old there a second ago? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that. I, wish I, they, I have moved on from our battles. Now Nick is trying to, Nick's trying to call us smoke. Yeah. Right. I wish they would have gone more in last year. And then I think this year would have been a little bit easier to stomach. Do you kind of feel that way? Like I feel yeah. like if the Reds would have really tried a little harder last year, and then if it didn't work, or yeah, I don't know, even if it did work, and then said, "Hey, we 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 feel like we've maxed out that window, those group of players, we need to move on," it would be easier to stomach. So I mean, yeah, some of it is just not trying enough last year, and, and I mean I, that that probably sure. makes it sting a little bit more this year. Yeah, I well, agree. Yeah, winning winning is not a, has not been the priority for this ownership group ever. It's it's not been the priority. There have been other priorities that have kind of you know, um, I, I don't know that winning a championship has been a priority for the Reds since I was in high school. And let me tell you, as Nick pointed out a moment ago, that's a long time ago. Um, and so that's why I'm just I'm not, not going to trust him anymore. But it's really frustrating because. The last couple of years, man, it would not have taken much to really, to really go, not even all in, but just go in. And this team, you know, a good core, they were close. They were so close. And so, I don't know, I guess, and and I'm a sort of a one trick pony on this, I guess, but until Castellini has gone, I'm never going to trust them because Castellini, and I know this for a fact, has interfered multiple times when the baseball guys were trying to do what it took to, to really move forward on this team, uh, you know, to, to kind of make them actually competitive. And he, the Castellinis is two of them now, but they lose nerve and it's frustrating because they have been close. They had, you know, if, if, if different leadership were around this team, the last few years, man, this would have been a fun time to be a Reds fan. The, the last three years could have been like a really fun time to be a Reds fan and they got this close and just didn't follow through on it. So um, I don't know that, that kind of governs and, and I'm completely honest about this. I'm biased maybe, but my opinions are all based on the, on, on the idea that they're not going to follow through because I don't have any evidence that they're going to follow through and I'm not going to get fooled again uh, as they say. So, um, but they're still, even, even with all the stuff I've been complaining about, it would not take much for this organization to decide we can be good and we can be good relatively quickly. Let's do it. And um, I don't know. I want to be optimistic about that, but I just, I can't. And I'm sorry. I know you, you didn't invite me on here to whine, but I'm whining because no, I'm, I mean, I'm, Carlos invited you on here to whine. He's sick of being <laughs> the, he's sick of being the only one that whines. He needs some help. Well, I think too, um, you know, as terrible as this has gone, and look, there's there's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, you can kind of look at it still. You're like, God, this has been terrible. You know, they had the worst start I, uh, imaginable, possibly. Um, but these guys that they brought in have like actually like worked, and I think that's what's so irritating. You know what I mean? Like Tommy Pham has been really good for them. Brandon Drury is potentially an all star. He homer tonight. Um, you know, Donovan Solano has been back for a little bit, and he's hit the ball really well since he's been back in the lineup. And you're kind of seeing this, and it's like, oh. You know, this stuff is like Matt Reynolds is playing way over his head. I think we all kind of were very surprised by how well he's played. And even Albert Amora, you can make certainly a case. He certainly played over his head as well. Um, but it's like that's where it's so weird because it's like everything's gone wrong. They've had all these injuries. You know, they've had 
they've had 15 guys on the IL. Um, you know, I really love when John uh, John Heyman is like being like the Yankees checked in on Luis Castillo. Like, yes, water's wet, the sky's blue. We're well aware. Um, but at the same point, it's like. I don't think they necessarily had the worst offseason possible. Obviously, it hurts to trade the guys they traded, but these guys they've brought in have really contributed to like what looks like on paper could have been a pretty decent team, maybe not good, um, but not all-time terrible either. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected them to be all-time terrible. Um, that was definitely the injury bug, but there were still some bad performances mixed in there. Yeah, there certainly were. Um, but hey, man, you know, our guys aren't out there throwing sunflower seeds at our at our old teammates. So uh, we at least have that going for us. That was wild. Crazy. That was insane. Yeah. Kind of awesome. Like, I was like, I know, like, I shouldn't say awesome. That's probably really terrible of me. Um, but it was awesome. Inter- entertaining. It was awesome. Very entertaining. Yeah. It was awesome. yeah. <laughs> Nick, um, you cannot say it's awesome. It's the worst thing about baseball. <laughs> You're not allowed to laugh or comment. You can't have fun. <laughs> no, the fight. The fight was fun. I, I'm all about the fight. I'd rather dudes throw punches than throw balls. Threw at his head. head. No, I I don't condone throwing at the head. I'd rather them fight it out. Like that's safer than <laughs> yeah. throwing a baseball at someone. The guy had yeah. a broken hand. If Amir Garrett was there, we better know than there a broken an brain. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, um, are you all like me though? Do you do you wonder what you know? Again, we're talking about the the fight of the the uh, with the Mariners and the and the Angels and uh, our old buddies uh, Jesse Winker and and uh, Rosella Glacius were kind of at the heart of it. But what went on? What was going on? What was the beef between Jesse Winker and Rosella Glacius when they were teammates? Because there it just seemed to me like there was something there. They were uh, Glacius got hot. I don't know what that was, but man, I was I don't know. I'm here yeah. for it. I think Winker told Iglesias, you were a bigger salary dump than I was. <laughs> <laughs> both both were salary dumps. Uh, where's no way Ramirez but right now, by the way, while Iglesias Diamond, is still a great Diamondbacks, reliever. Diamondbacks, didn't he like do a one through three inning against us? Like, do we He'd be know? our high leverage yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's... They, gave, they gave up on him too quick. That's painfully true, actually, what Carlos just said. Put that on the L column, crawl. That that fight was wild. Like I just like keep like, oh, there was another X Red in there, like Archie Bradley. I didn't even know. I know. I I forgot he was even on one of those teams. Oh, Michael Lorenzen was on that team. Like it's just Taylor Trammell. Like, yeah, it was like like the whole system. (laughs) I wonder if Lorenzen was speaking Bible at him. I think Christopher Negron is a coach in the Seattle organization, too. Like just keep coming out. Yeah. Um, to kind of try to bring the conversation back, I just had to make sure I got my joke in because uh, Red's Twitter on Sunday, 1,000% won the day on Twitter when they showed the highlights of Tyler Malley and the caption was throwing seeds. So shout out to Red's Twitter on that on the Red's Twitter account, social media team for that one. Um, but I was going to bring this back here. So Chad, like we've talked all year about like, this guy could potentially be traded. This guy could potentially be traded. You know, Castillo, Malley, Farmer, Drury. Uh, we did a little uh, exercise last week where we kind of listed our top 10 guys we felt would be moved. Um, you know, obviously we all had minor Moustakas and Votto lower because we know people aren't really jumping at the bit to take on their contracts. Um, but want to kind of get your thoughts. I know you've probably talked about this on the riverfront just as much as we have here. But, you know, 
who do you kind of look at as kind of like a likely to be moved in this scenario? Uh, the year Kyle Farmer's had obviously hitting lefties, like Nick has said all year, like he's going to look really good in a San Francisco Giants uniform uh, because, you know, platooning there. And I'm starting to kind of feel that way as well. But, you know, who are some of the guys that you're like kind of feel more likely uh, that, you know, you won't see on the Reds come August? Yeah, I, my, my hope, and this is, I don't know, I don't know if this is based on any kind of, uh, you know, like serious uh, analysis, but my hope is that Tommy Pham is the number one guy that is gone because, I don't know, I'm tired of the Tommy Pham show. Um, and and he's, he's actually, since his ridiculous, uh, ridiculously bad start, he's hit pretty well. And so maybe you can make an argument. Uh, just get, get him out of here. Um, you know, Farmer, Kyle Farmer, I get yelled at every time I say something bad about Kyle Farmer. And I don't watch your mouth. Kyle. You watch your mouth. Split the screen, damn it. I need to see you. <laughs> I need him to see me whenever he says this. I, I don't dislike Kyle Farmer. He's been better than I thought he would be. And um, more power to him. Love the guy. He's played his butt off every time he's got on the field. And uh, there we go. Right. But if the Reds could flip him for something, oh my gosh, please, 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 please get something of value for Kyle Farmer because the chances that Kyle Farmer is going to be uh, a contributor for the next three or four years is slim. Um, Brandon Drury, I, I've, I, I'm all in on what we've seen from Brandon Drury this year. I love Same. me some Brandon Drury. And, and Drury's actually an interesting, you know, interesting career where, you know, maybe he's closer to what he is this year than he has been his whole career. I can see that. But if you can get something for him, when you sign him to a minor league deal and nobody else wanted him, I think you have to get something for him. So, but, uh, and, and because, you know, Drury and Farmer, are they going to be real contributors in two years on this? If, if, if we think the Reds have a plan and they're going to be good in two years, I can see either of those guys kind of being like, you know, um, I don't know, uh, backup guys or fill in around the, the infield, but they're not going to be, they're not going to be starters on the next good Reds team. So if, if you can get something for them, do it. Um, Luis Castillo, do not trade him because he is the greatest pitcher in the history of the Reds and he's my favorite player. And do not <laughs> trade him unless you can get, you know, Shohei Otani. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the Mets right now are about to get Scherzer and DeGrom back. So if they somehow get Luis Castillo in a trade, don't even play the playoffs. Oh, I know it's a crapshoot. Well, well, Tim just jinked the, the entire New York Mets franchise. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> for okay. my, especially for my good friend John comes on next week to talk Jeez. about the Mets with us. The Mets yeah. are going to get swept in the playoffs. You just guaranteed it. <laughs> It's a real thing. Uh, Chad, I'm really sorry that I said that I really believed in the Sixers this year. Uh, that's also my fault. So, Boy. Oh, yeah. my goodness. My Sixers. Oh, why? We're talking about the Reds who are, you know, it's been a frustrating year. And you got to bring the Sixers into it? I had high <laughs> hopes. Yeah, I did too. Actually, you know, while you're here, I'll get your thoughts on this because we've all said our piece on it. Um, where are you on the Tyler Stevenson catcher first base debate? It's not even close for me. He's a catcher. Thank you. All right. As awesome. long as he can be a catcher, he's a catcher. I mean, he's just he's so much more valuable as a catcher. With I mean, seriously, he's an elite with in terms of his bat. He's an elite catcher. He's he's an inner circle 
all-star catcher at at first base or, or DH or wherever else. He's good. I want him on my team, but he's not he's not all-star level necessarily. So I don't know yeah. if he wants to stay at catcher, and he does. He says uh, I I don't see moving him. I, I mean I get the arguments against it, especially given the injury problems he's had, he's had this year. It makes the the argument against it even stronger. But if he can stick at catcher, I'm I, I'm 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 all in on that. Who, 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 who disagrees with me? Who do I need to get mad at now? No Mo. one on this show. No, no one, one on this show. show. <laughs> I think Good. T- Mo. Tyler Stevenson is Mike Piazza at catcher and Hal Morris at first base. I'm not sure I go quite that far, but that's I mean, that's that's actually what we're talking about, right? He's yeah. a he's a he's a good first baseman. He's a great yeah. catcher. Yeah, I totally agree. I, that's exactly how I feel. He's gonna be. He would be a a really wealthy catcher or a rich first baseman. <laughs> uh, we actually did get a question here. One, we just got mostly comments. Everyone kind of sharing their piece, which is great. Didn't want to get Love to it. this before I forgot it. Uh, uh, Barrero being stuck in AAA is purely for arbitration reasons at this point. Just, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, he hasn't really performed all that well at at, at AAA. He's coming back from a, a tough injury. Um, the Reds, as bad as they are, don't exactly have a spot for him as they're trying to play guys up to the trade deadline. I mean, you want Donovan Solano to play as much as you can up to the trade deadline. Um I don't know. I just think it makes sense to keep him. I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think this has any service time manipulation mixed in. I, I mean, the Reds, they had India last year, you know, at the beginning of the year, they called Barrera up in 2020. I, I just, I don't see that. I, I'm, I'm not him. moderating this discussion, but I want to hear uh, Carlos's thoughts on Jose Barrero. <laughs> I think he's going to be the next great shortstop Cincinnati Reds. As soon as Kyle Farmer exits the building. <laughs> Kyle Farmer has left the building. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think he would. Uh, he's gonna. He's not gonna come up. I mean, as long as Kyle Farmer is playing like this and he can showcase himself for other teams, the Reds are gonna be like, yeah, let's keep going, Kyle. Keep going. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and then they they'll, they'll call him up. I think they'll call him up even if they traded Kyle Farmer tomorrow. I bet Jose Barrero comes up tomorrow. Yeah. And for all the for all the valid criticism on the Reds since the Sinzel debacle in 2019, I mean they India's been up right away. Green and Lodolo were up on opening day. I I, I just I, I don't really I, I don't maybe in some Graham cases they, just through eight innings. Yeah, I I don't feel like they've held anyone down. So I, I don't I don't think Barrera was at all anyway about that. Could be wrong, but I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, I never with agree with Nick Kirby, but I agree now. I agree with that. <laughs> Riverfront late night reds. We hug it out. We're on the same page now. <laughs> we all love each other. Yeah, 100. Hey, uh, Nick, actually, I know you kind of put this out on Twitter earlier. Can you kind of put a little bit of an update on some of the reds with their rehab assignments? Yeah, yeah. So Tyler Stevenson's about to begin a rehab assignment, hopefully by next week. Put up some Twitter video of him swinging the bats. So that was good. Uh, Justin Dunn uh, made his first rehab start on Sunday through two innings. I imagine he's still probably a little bit away. Uh, it's first starting over a year. Uh, Alexis Diaz hoping to join the team on Friday. Uh, Going to avoid a rehab assignment. Uh, Naquin is starting a rehab assignment tomorrow. 
And then Nick Lodolo has uh, looked fantastic. A lot of blue pits from what I've told. Uh, but 16 strikeouts in two walks in 10.2 innings uh, during his uh, his AAA rehab assignment. And he will join the Reds either Monday or Tuesday of next week. To a six-man rotation, right? Yeah, do a six-man rotation. The Reds have a double header against the Pirates next uh, Thursday in the middle of a full week of games. There's no still off random. Uh, so well, random. That, that's part of the uh, the, the makeup game. Yeah, the strike, and then yeah. the rain out that Friday when you were in town. Yeah, yeah. So, um, six-man rotation. I mean, again, does someone get hurt before? It's always possible. Um, I would I would do a six man rotation all the way to the trade deadline. Anytime you can avoid pitching Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley, the less you can Here throw them, go. the less Here you can throw go. them out there, the better. Uh, <laughs> Every time they take the mound, I I like cringe. I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> Nick would be the all time worst manager of a baseball team. The worst. <laughs> His team uh, wouldn't even talk to him. <laughs> Well, see, David Bell can just blame this on the people upstairs. But, hey, they told me I have to do a six-man rotation, right? Like, he can just – can't he just throw that off? I'm fine head? with a six-man rotation. <laughs> Do you know what I'm getting at with your pitch count? It was the most pitches since 2015 of any red starter. And you're so, six weeks from the deadline. Like, they never so, did so it. If he, so if he went one pitch under it, would we be talking about it? No, he would have had to go two to not have the record. <laughs> exactly. It was, it, was his mo- it was his most by, like – by like 12. I don't know. I just, I mean, it probably doesn't matter. I don't, I would just would not be pushing anyone that you're this close. Because you want to trade him. Yeah, I do want to trade him. I'm sorry. I want to keep him. I want to give him a big hug and give him a lot of money. You guys want him to him, get on the IL so you can keep him. Let him keep being the Reds ace for the next four years. Oh, Y'all know that's, how much that's what I want. Nick. Y'all know how much Nick loves uh, Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. Just give us, give him two years and see what he says about him. Train him out of here. No, they get got, him out of here for a couple of prospects. They got three and a half, three and a half. Oh, but they're at their value right now, their peak value. I can hear it already. Yeah. No, I, I think they should be looking to extend those guys. I think the Reds should have looked to extend Luis Castillo in 2020 instead of all the contracts they dealt out. Now, some of them were good. But I think they should have been more prioritizing, like extending Luis Castillo like two more years after his free agency came up, instead of a six-year contract into his late mid to late thirties. I'd rather be trying to buy out his last couple years of arbitration, his first couple years of free agency, so you're still getting him at his max value. So I'm all about I'm all about extending these guys. I just think the window for extending Castillo's already passed for me. What what year did a uh... Was it whenever me and you were like, they need to trade Winker now? Was it 20? I think it was after. Or was it 19? It wasn't 21. It was like the year before. I guess it was the year before the All-Star appearance. I I, I might have sent a few DM trade ideas to Clay last year at the All-Star break. (laughs) (laughs) I just wasn't brave enough to do those public. I don't blame you. Let's talk a little bit actually about uh, the bats of late, not the Louisville bats. We will give our minor league update a little later. Um, but, you know, I mentioned at the beginning and Chad kind of pointed it to as well. Uh, we've seen Nick Senzel kind of have like a renaissance the past few weeks where he's been hitting the ball really well. I've uh, been getting on base a lot. You know, basically the power is still 
asking a lot uh, as he only has one homer this year. Um, I think, you know, he's got like what, eight, like not like 20 career major league home runs, not a whole lot. Um, but, you know, obviously at this point, we're happy to see him one on the field, two playing good center field and three consistently hitting. So Chad, what do you kind of take away from this? Uh, you know, is this just kind of like he's finally getting his reps in? So he's finally getting comfortable at the plate. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of having conversations like about like with how much he was struggling. Should he go back to Louisville and get some confidence in him? But you're starting to see, you know, the Nixon Zell you thought he could be at least. And it's been awfully nice. Well, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I said the same thing. I, I finally, I've been the biggest Nixon Zell homer. Same, buddy. Ever. Same. Yeah. I, he was great in the minor leagues. He was great. Yeah. He, he just been injured. And I kind of started to step off that, uh, that, uh, I don't know, you know, um, I, I quit being a Nixon Zell stand, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And then, oh, yeah. Well, look at this. He decides to play well. I don't know. Maybe small sample size. He's still. The guy, I mean, he, he was great in college. He was great in the minor leagues. He's I mean, He has shown every indication up until now that he's got the talent to play in the big leagues. And so I guess maybe my, my head, I've been like, well, it's the injuries. It's the injuries, you know. And so um, I want to believe in him. It's his birthday, so I don't want to say anything bad about him. Yeah. Um, it's also my birthday, so we share a birthday. That's why I uh, – you know, kind of, uh, I'm, I'm never going to give a one Nixon Zell, but I don't Today's know. Today's your birthday? Uh, yes, it's my birthday, yes. Happy birthday, Chadwick. Yeah, happy birthday, well, thank, buddy. Thank you. I, I was just trying to, I, I, I dropped that out there so that you all would wish me happy birthday. I was a little upset. You I like it. Yet. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I don't know what to think about Nixon Zell. Um, he, 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 it's frustrating because he's shown every indication that he should have been Jonathan India. And so, but he hasn't been. And is it because of the injuries or is it because of something else? I don't know, but he's great defensively, like elite defensively. If he could somehow figure out how to be slightly above average offensively, he's a guy that you want around and he's going to be cheap from this point forward. But I don't, I just don't know. I, I, I want to believe, but I'm, struggling to believe that makes sense i feel like we're just talking as guys who like got bitten by the drew stubbs and billy hamilton bug of like everything on paper says these guys are gonna be really helpful for our ball club and like you know i think senzel obviously has a higher ceiling than both those guys um you know i was el capitano of the drew stubbs fan club so i'm definitely understand uh that was a painful uh realization that he was not very good and actually he was pretty good for a couple of years, but yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. You know, I always, I want to, you want to believe in the guy you took number two overall, right? Like you see the draft spot and you're like, he has to be good. Um, you know, so I mean, Mark Capel just made his major league debut after like 12 years after being drafted, which was awesome. Congratulations. So, you know, I'm not ready to give up on Nick Senzel if Mark Capel's pitching in the majors after all this time away. So I'm with it. I don't know. I, you know, uh, to me, part of it is that I wrote a, a piece for uh, Cincinnati Magazine. It was going to be the cover piece yeah. if they hadn't had the pandemic about him. And I got to know him a little bit and talk to him and his family. And so I admit my biases with Nixon Zell. He, he was kind to me, but uh, to help, and his whole family was to help with that that piece. But but I think it was a legit a legit analysis that this guy had every, there's no reason to have believed he would not succeed at the big league level. 
Now, maybe he wouldn't have been a star, but he showed every indication of being a big league starter. And I don't know, maybe it's the injuries. I don't know what it is, but he has been bad. He's just been bad since he came to the big leagues. And I want to believe, I still want to believe, but I don't know. He, he needs to show me now. I believe it's going to happen. I like it. You ready, ready, for, so, ready for something wild? Uh, oh, yeah. no. Nixon Zell's OPS is nine points lower than Jonathan India's right now. Who would have guessed that? Not I us. would not have guessed that. I, don't, nine I feel points, like Jonathan nine Indian points, and he's closing. I feel like Jonathan Indian is back the high socks, and maybe he'll he'll get back to. I mean, he did hit a homer yesterday, so I can't really say much. But um, I just think ball players look better with high socks. I think it's much cooler uniform. I grew up with Deion Sanders playing for the Reds, so of course I feel that way. So you grew up with Deion Sanders? Yeah, right around the corner. You know, we were we were old nice. friends. Yeah. It's Why is he not been on the pod? Come on, <laughs> yeah. man. I was the kid that had the Cowboys and Reds Deion Sanders jerseys. And depending what day that they were, he was playing for who, what day I was wearing it. So, you know, that was my dude. Am I allowed to admit that? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's 12, 18. No one's watching. Right. Exactly. Just a bunch (laughs) of people. Um, Real quick pitching. So Chad, when you had uh, Carlos on your old show, the riverfront recently, which you can check out on YouTube, by the way, um, you made the comment, and I love this comment, that you said Hunter Green might be the most talented pitcher you've seen wear a Reds jersey. Got a little rocked up tonight. You know, young pitchers are going to take their lumps. It happens. Um, Graham Ashcraft, obviously, is another guy who has been really impressive. Just had a game the other night where he was marvelous. He was fantastic. Um, and Nick Lodolo, when, you know, looks like, as Nick pointed out earlier, his rehab starts seem to be going pretty well. You might imagine he could be back with the ball club soon. I think the one thing where, you know, you've been very open about your frustrations with the front office and your, and, you know, your ownership. And I, I, I understand that. I respect that. But I feel like in years past where we've been going in this space, like we didn't have like an identity of what they were trying to do. And with this young group of pitchers, it almost kind of finally feels like they have that identity of like, we're going to build off young starting pitching to kind of take us to the next level. Hopefully it works out. And, you know, all accounts are, uh, these guys are pretty terrific, but Want to kind of get your thoughts. If you want to kind of reiterate a little more on your uh, comment on Hunter Green, please do. Um, but just kind of get your thoughts on the young pitching and as this team looks to move forward. Well, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that if if I felt like they had a plan, the pitching is the way to build the, build the organization around that. Uh, because there are guys. I wrote about Graham Ashcraft this week that I did not necessarily believe in him until I saw some of the, you know, the changes he's made and, uh, I'm a believer at this point. Hunter Green is, I did say Hunter Green is the most talented. I'll just say it. He's the most talented Reds pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime. Does that mean he's going to be the best Reds pitcher of my lifetime? Not necessarily. He's like 14 years old as a kid. And so I don't don't know where it's going to go. There are injuries. I don't want to say anything about injuries because I got in trouble one time with Hunter Green about that. For those of you that, that that remember that, but well, don't um, and and he may not he may not you know uh, pitching in the major leagues is hard, you know the guys that swing the bats, they get paid too, you know they're good as well, and so I don't know what is what's going to happen, but I've never seen a guy, I literally have never seen a guy in my lifetime that has the talent and uh, seems to have the work ethic and the you know kind of intelligence I don't know. 
Hunter Green is I'm, ex, I'm more excited about Hunter Green than any pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime as a Reds fan because he has all the tools. I don't know that he'll deliver on that, but he has them. And so to me, if if you're if you come into the in the Reds organization today, if you're named the general manager tomorrow and you try to figure out where to how do we make this team competitive going forward, I think you really have to kind of build around the pitching because there are real pitchers in this organization. There are, you know, Castillo and Tyler Malley. I love them, but you know, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, and then you keep going. I mean, it, it's kind of a deep group. Um, and, and that's a way that you could kind of squint and see, Oh, that's how this team can be competitive in the years going forward. So, but Hunter Green's the guy. He, I mean, he's the guy. And I am just trying to make up for the fact that I almost uh, ended his career with a, an ill-timed comment on Twitter. But please, Hunter Green, stay healthy and be good. That's what I'll say. Kind of curious, everyone's kind of thoughts on this. I've kind of been thinking about this a lot more lately. As it seems like the Reds have certainly made an effort to get the pitching again. And that seems to be like the main focus in this organization. I almost wonder if they're viewing this as let's get the cost controlled pitchers um, that are within our control because it, it is going to be hard to recruit free agent pitchers, you know, of high value to to the to the Reds. And I, I wonder if they're thinking, hey, we can kind of start really selling the great American ballpark. Uh, get your get your paycheck from vibes, because like you could say, hey, Dick Castellanos came here, got a hundred million dollar contract. Tommy Pham came here. You know, had a great season, Brandon Drury, and you could start really throwing all these success stories, and and maybe there'll be a lot of guys in the future that want to use the Reds as their, you know, get right season and, and work well for both teams. I don't know. Do you do you think there's any validity to that? I think that's. I think it's already known with with players and agents. You know, Cincinnati's a great place to go play for a for a hitter. Um, I mean, kind of how Denver used to be, but, you know, nobody really wanted to go there because at the same time, it, that would definitely hurt you. But, you know, like pitching in San Diego, pitchers want to go pitch in San Diego. You know, they'd rather pitch there than Cincinnati. So it just kind of depends on which side of the ball you're on. But, um, yeah, because it's not like these guys are really getting developed at the major league level because they're just coming in for one year. So one or two years and then they get paid and, and then go or go and get paid. So. As the great Yonder Alonso, who hit one home run as a member of the Red the Great American Ballpark, said, people come to Cincinnati to get homers. <laughs> yeah, they need some they need a big old DH left-handed Matt Stairs type to come in. Just entertain me. A big old beer gut. Drop 30 bombs a year. Like a rowdy Teles? Yeah. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? I should. I spoke. Him talk, about, red talk about speaking jerseys. too soon, Chad. I I spoke way too soon on Riley Tellez. I made fun of him, and he turned to Barry Bonds. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. We got an awesome oh. question here. That is a good question. That better, a good one. better rotation: Cueto, Latos, Leak, Bailey, Arroyo, or Castillo, Mali, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Green. Right now, is that right now? I, I'm an let's obviously it would right now would not be fair. Let's say this as you know, projecting like if they were all 
close to their peak or whatever. If they're um, close to their peak, I think I have to go with what they have at the moment, right? Because if Castilla, I mean, if, if, if Ashcraft, Lodolo, and Green are their peak, then if the Reds somehow get into a short series in the postseason, you feel very comfortable if they're at their peak. I think I would I'll see if I can rank them real quick. I would go Green, Cueto, Castillo, Lodolo. I actually really like Latos. Did I already say I already said Mally, right? No. Um Mally, Ashcraft, Bailey Arroyo. No, I saw Bailey ahead of Ashcraft. That's one of those lists you could do it ten times and it's different every time. I don't like know, maybe, just... maybe we should have phrased this another way. I don't know. Maybe we should have said each rotation like at their best. I, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of what it's just it's hard to it's hard to ever think like 2012 is gonna be better. Like that just was so everything worked out perfect. All those guys were good at the same time, other than leaking the playoffs. Um you gotta start on short notice. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Just, it's just so hard to repeat that. That having all those guys be good at the same time. Yeah, I just I don't know. But but look, we're we're talking about a Cincinnati Reds team that is as bad right now as they've been in a long time. And you can make a legitimate argument that this group that we have now is as good as the best Reds rotation since what, nineteen ninety? That's what, that, that's my frustration is that this is a yeah. this is a legitimate group that they can build around. They just need to do it. I, I think it's a good argument, and I think I probably take our current group. Frankly, I mean, no, none of these guys that we currently have are as good as Johnny Cueto. Right, they're just not. But and I, I'm I'm a Bronson Arroyo stan, as my daughter would say. But um, I'll take this group. I like the, I like the upside of this group we have currently currently have. You just have to build around them. You just need some some willingness from ownership and the front office to build around them, and I'll be happy. And really, shouldn't the Reds be trying to make me happy? And that's really all I'm asking for is <laughs> right. trying to make me happy. Bronson Royal gets a lot of crap, but that guy at 36 and 37 years Love old, that guy. he did in 2012 Damn. and 2013. I mean. He just he made those rotations good to great. Like he was like the 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 last piece that kind of filled that in. You know. Yeah, I love that guy. Who could have I, expected I, him to pitch that well that late in his career? It's awesome. Yeah, I agree. One night when we actually have like extra time and it's not almost one in the morning, remind me to tell you guys my really funny Bronson Arroyo story. It's a good one. You got it, buddy. I like it. Um, hey man, while we're kind of looking at stuff here, uh, I know it's time to kind of do our, uh, update on the, the prospect watch. Can you kind of give a little insight onto that? Our guy, Brandon Williamson is, uh, showing some love obviously in his success of late. Yeah. A million dudes got promoted this year. Uh, Williamson up to triple a, uh, Rick, Ricky Karcher, uh, Clay put me onto him. Uh, look up his, his, uh, fan page. He's the number 30 ranked prospect. Striking out 15.1 batters per nine and walking 7.6. He throws like 100 miles an hour. It has no idea where it's going, apparently. Um, (laughs) The Reds promoted him. So uh, he's just an interesting dude to watch. I don't know if they're planning on calling him up this year. 
Um, you know, I don't know, maybe for a pirate series. I don't know, you know, but uh, he's interesting. Uh, excited to see Williamson get close. I mean, the fact they're moving him up to AAA makes me think they're probably considering him at some point this year to make a start for the Reds, possibly, Ooh, if he's at AAA. So that's that's kind of cool. Uh, and then uh, Alan Serta was promoted to Double uh, A Chattanooga. Uh, 14 bombs, uh, low batting average, um, but he's a guy who's really flown through the system. He's probably ranked number 21, but I know like, the Just Baseball guys actually have them in, in like number six, I believe. And then uh, Nick Quintana, the Tucker Barnhart return that was supposed to be a nobody, uh, has actually played pretty decent. 133 rated runs created plus, got promoted to double uh, A. Connor Phillips also got promoted to double A. And then uh, uh, Joe Boyle um, tonight had a dominant performance for Dayton. Uh, I think he's allowed like 15, 12 hits and or 15 hits and 12 starts or something like that. So he's kind of interesting as well. Chad, who who are you most excited about in the Reds uh, minor league system right now? Alan Serta. Oh my gosh! Look at that! Look at that slash line. That's Adam <laughs> Dunn right yeah. there. That is Adam Dunn. Bring it on! The guy's got lot tower power. Love that guy. That's 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 the guy I'm talking about. Anybody that reminds me of Adam Dunn, I'm and all sneaky, in. Sneaky speed with those three stolen bases. Yeah, that's, baby, love it. Dunn catching him off guard. Did he swing left-handed or right-handed? He's the right. He's the right-handed Dunn. Mm. I think. Yeah. The also, right-handed Dunn. Sign him to a ten-year contract right now. <laughs> Don't let him get away. Yeah, oh, man. really. Adam Dunn and Jay Bruce in today's baseball, especially like when the shift goes away next year, would have been so beautiful. He's been playing some center field too, uh, sir. He had been a right fielder, but he's played about. I think he split about his time between center field and right field. So. Isn't he the one guy? I Just might be play all of them else. everywhere. I could be thinking of someone else, Nick. You know this better than I do. Isn't he like number 40 on the 40 man? He's the one guy on the 40 man that hasn't been on the major league roster yet this year. Yeah, that's why he's got an actual Reds picture on the uh, the, the chart there. <laughs> yeah, he's on the 40 man. Uh, one of those weird things they had to put him on. Um, yeah, kind of weird to be on the 40 man when you were in uh, Dayton. Um, but yeah. Interesting. All right, so we'll kind of move away from the Reds here for this uh, these last words of conversation. You know, Red Scout 21 since we talked about this last year. You mentioned Adam Dunn had stolen bases in the minors. Joey Votto once led a double-A team in stolen bases. It's like my favorite stat ever. 25 of them one year in double-A. Still can't believe sneaky. it. Yeah, still can't believe it. Um, so Rob Manfred recently spoke with ESPN and talked about a few things. Um, first off, MLB wanted to expand to 32 teams, which um, I don't know how the divisions would work at that point uh, because we'd have one division with six teams. Um, pitch clock is a cert- almost a certainty. Uh, automated balls and strikes in some form or fashion in 2024. So let me get go around here and kind of get your guys' thoughts on this. First off, if we go to this thing where each league adds a team, so we have 32, do we just go back to pennant races at that point? No divisions and like the top seven make the playoffs or something um, because go straight NBA style at that point where like winning the central division doesn't mean crap. It's the stupidest thing in sports. Um, is that something that's a possibility here? Um, I know Ken Rosenthal talked about if there was expansion, it would probably go back to like limiting interleague play to only being like a special occasion. Uh, he talked about it on his podcast last year. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious about it all. I feel like if they are going to expand, 
Uh, sounds like Las Vegas might be a major league uh, expo soon. I know they're trying to get an NBA team as well. So really kind of um, Rob Manfred trying to act like he likes baseball is really, really unique to me. Makes me laugh when he actually shows like he's pretending to care. So kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on everything that was kind of mentioned here. Well, I think if they, they expand, I mean, I think maybe you just go back to like an East and the West, like before 95 or night before 94. Um, and then you, you maybe get two buys for the East and the West. And then you, however many other teams make the playoffs, the four others they play. And then the two winners move on, something like that. Um, I don't know about expansion. I'm kind of, I think it could be good. I think it could be bad. Uh, I think an expansion draft would be fun as hell to watch. <laughs> uh, that would be riveting television in like January. That's why I loved, uh, do you remember the video game All-Star Baseball that Derek Jeter was on the cover every year? They had an expansion mode in their franchise where you can make a franchise and you had an expansion draft. It was pretty fun. Yeah, the Reds lost Dimitri Young and then traded for him back in the expansion draft. Uh, I was reading about that on Wikipedia earlier today. Dimitri Young. That's the kind of DH I need. Uh, but let me let me run through my other two and then I'll shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm for the pitch clock. And I am 1,000 billion percent for robot ums. This should have happened a long, long time ago. So, yes, yes. Um, I don't care about expanding the teams. Whatever. It'll be interesting. Um, doesn't bother me. Uh, pitch clock, whatever. The guys in the minor leagues say they don't really care about it. So, I'm sure the bump gardeners of the world will, will get upset about it if he's still around. Seems um, like a win. Yeah. Robo ups, absolutely. That's it. Pitch talk, sure, why not? Whatever. Um, robot umps, sure, whatever. I don't care. You know, expanding to 32 teams and what that means for the playoffs, you know, what does that mean for us as Reds fans? More teams to, uh, to try <laughs> to, uh, you know, climb over? I don't know. I just, whatever the system is, I just want to, again, I'm, I want the Reds to be competitive in it, and I sell the team, Bob. I'm sorry, just sell the team, Bob, because whatever. I, I'm a again, I'm a one trick pony, but um, I want a system where the Reds try to compete. I don't care what the system is, because I love baseball. I love watching Cincinnati Reds, and I want to see them come. I don't. Even, I don't need a World Series necessarily. I just want to see them be competitive. Last year, when they were in the playoff hunt in September, man, that was that's fun. Give me more of that. So, um, sorry, it's late and I went off the rails. I apologize, Tim. And that's Nick okay. And <laughs> it's that's okay. Instead of with that pitch clock, they also need to ban this ridiculous windups of like Clevinger and that kid from the Astros that like rocks the baby before he comes to like those are ridiculous. Just get set and throw the damn ball. Come on. How do you even how do you even pretend to like start? Hey, let me try this. Maybe this is a good idea. Maybe I'll throw more strikes if I start doing this before I pitch. Like mm -hmm. how does that even come about? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's it's definitely something. Pisses me off. Yeah. Reds and four asked uh, favorite expansion franchise locations. Um, I wouldn't be doing my job as a child of the nineties if I didn't say Montreal, right? Like, you know. I grew up with the really cool Expos hat um, and the 94 Expos is like one of the greatest stories ever of how good they were. Unfortunately, their season got cut short, obviously like all of baseball. Uh, so we never know what they could have been, but they were awesome. 
Uh, so I think Montreal's definitely one. I know I mentioned Las Vegas. I know that's going to be something people are going to be trying to get out there because they're trying to not only get, you know, they got the Raiders now, they're trying to get an NBA team. Um, and I don't know, it sounds like Oakland, the A's have kind of discussed the possibility of going there, but they've got a big fee uh, that they would have to pay to move teams from what I understand. So Montreal and Vegas are probably the two that I would like, I would see the most likely. Um, but I don't know. You guys have any others in mind that you would like to see? Orlando would be cool. Go to Disney. Go to a couple of baseball games. I'm down for that. I think Mex- Mexico City would be kind of cool. Have a have another cool. have a team in another country. I think that'd be kind of you know. Yeah, nothing would go wrong there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not worse than Vegas. Uh, the only place I wouldn't want is Nashville because that would uh, that would not be great for the Reds. I, I don't believe is the Reds. Uh, television territory is actually in Nashville. I know Nashville's been mentioned, which is why I, I, I say that. I don't think that would be good for the Reds. Uh oh. Well, Chad might be man. the newest <laughs> member of the Nashville, whatever they're going to be. I, I'd hate for the Reds to have some competition in their area to they not have to try to compete for viewers. I'd, I'd hate for that to happen. Uh, I'm with know, Montreal. Keeps- because, yeah, again, I, I don't want to mention what year this was, but I'm like Tim. My senior year of high school, I wore an Expos hat every single day, just because <laughs> I loved that. I loved that hat. So uh, I wish I knew where that hat was. It's in some landfill somewhere. But um, Montreal, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, other than that, I, Vegas makes a lot of sense. Nashville actually makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, I didn't even know about Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte would be great. Um, here, here, I'm going to go out on a ledge. It'd be really nice to see a major league. A, a major league franchise in Cincinnati. <laughs> Lord, sorry, I I couldn't I couldn't help myself. He teed it up for him. He had yeah. it just like that. <laughs> Very much. Um, all right. Well, we got a few things left. Let's kind of check out the upcoming schedule. Let's kind of see you guys what's coming up. Obviously, two more games with the Cubs. Come home for the World Series champion Atlanta Braves. Uh, maybe Adam Duvall will get another tribute video. Did he get one the let when he actually got traded? I don't remember. I don't think he did. Um, the Only Mets come Nick. to town. <laughs> yeah, the Mets come to town next week. Um, we'll actually have my good buddy John Chancredi on with us to kind of talk about the Mets and kind of dive into who he wants, who would he want from the Reds as far as a potential trade target uh, before they have a series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, goes next week as well. Um, so you got some good pitching matchups, obviously. Uh, Kyle Hendricks tomorrow against the Reds has kind of been in, in Joey Votto's favor throughout his career. So hopefully that keeps going. Um, and then you had some, I think you have uh, Max Scherzer pitching for uh, the Braves. I just noticed there. So no. go. Trade Threw alert. For a second. <laughs> I was like, oh God, that just yeah. alert. Trade yeah. alert. I think we might have a day off there. Yeah. Slide up the, the other teams. Yeah. And I, <laughs> you know, there's also the, Double header against the Pirates. It's going to be goofy as heck next week. Yeah, a random Thursday where the Pirates come for two games and then leave town. Pretty hilarious. Um, oh, baseball. Um, but yeah, fun stuff coming up. I always like when uh, Tampa comes to town because they always have cool uniforms. And hey, maybe well, you'll get to see Wander Franco if you come to the ballpark. That's that's how I'm selling it now. You'll come to see what your Cincinnati Reds will look like in five years, apparently. <laughs> yeah i don't know and then yeah so a couple more weeks till the all-star break um 
Got some New Yorkers coming back to back weeks that I uh, got booked for us. I'm excited to talk to them about how good their teams are while we're watching this team. So, yeah. Chad, I'm coming to that Cardinal series in the end of July. You coming with me? That's my birthday no. week. Yeah. Carl's going to be in town this way up to come see you at a Reds game, Chad. You want to even come yeah. hang out with him at the Holy Grail? I might. My my son's going this weekend, and I said, "Dude, okay, fine, but I'm not paying for your ticket. I, I'm not." <laughs> he, he and his buddies are going. I'm like, "I'm not." You're gonna have to find your own way there too. Yeah, yeah. Get a job because I'm not. <laughs> I'm not paying for your tickets to go to the Great American Ballpark. I'm sorry. I love this team. I talk about them and write about them, but I'm just not getting Cassidy my money. They're gonna so. put your son on TV like ten times during the game. <laughs> Hey, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah, they're probably going to, yeah. Coming from Nick Kirby, who, when the Reds were in Boston, got like a full segment. Oh, man. He was like the star of that series. It was amazing. I I loved it. (laughs) It was great. Um, Yeah, but before we get out of here, a little extra housekeeping. Um, Don't forget, check out our our website where you can get some sweet merch, uh, latenightreds.merchmake.com. Uh, we will get some solid t-shirts, uh, hats are coming, I think pretty soon. I'm working on it and a few other things. Um, and also don't forget, uh, to go to bet online and sign up for your 50% welcome bonuses. They are our presenting sponsor for the show. Um, so, you know, if you want to bet on the Bengals, like I said, really good odds, like the odds, um, for, especially for a team that just played in the Super Bowl. but that's a different show for another time. But Chad, thank you so much for for giving me and coming back on the show. It was great to have you. Uh, Really, really appreciated it today, man. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Have a good night, and we will see you next week. uh, Talk about the Mets series.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.